Welcome to the Moving in the Right Direction podcast, a podcast designed to successfully guide seniors and their families in moving from their longtime homes to the lifestyle they deserve. I'm your host, Chris Essenberg, and I am joined once again by senior real estate specialist and author, Bruce Nemovitz. How are you doing, Bruce? Great, Chris. Good to be back. Now, Bruce, I was I was looking over uh, your books the other day, uh, and you do a really good job of putting together some analogies. And for those those that don't know, Bruce wrote uh, two books, uh, Moving in the Right Direction, which is where we, of course, get this podcast name from, and also Guiding Our Parents in the Right Direction is the name of the other one. You do a really good job of uh, painting some pictures with analogies there. And, and I know we were talking yesterday, and you had an analogy about the current marketplace, uh, kind of you were comparing it to like a car lot. Is that right? Do you want to share that with uh, the listeners? Chris, the real estate market today is absolutely unique. I have never seen anything like it. And I've been in this over 40 years. And I think a really good analogy, if you just picture this, so you have this car lot, maybe it's a new and used car lot, and you have all these salesmen and they're all, you know, they're getting up in the morning, excited to go to work, putting on their tie. I think if they still wear ties, I'm not sure. And so so now they get to the car lot and as they're driving in, they see a line of potential customers in their cars, bumper to bumper, two blocks long. And they go, oh, my God, this is my day. This is going to be a good one. Well, they look out in the car lot and they let everybody in. And guess what? There are no cars to sell. There's no cars in the car lot. And this is about what we're going through in real estate right now. Uh, In real estate inventory is down to so low that they they have never seen this before as far as records go back, as far as inventory. And we'll talk a little bit about why. but, um, But what the car salespeople didn't see, and I'm relating this to real estate agents who are getting a little down right now, is that in the service road, right behind the car lot, were trucks lined up with these beautiful, shiny new cars for inventory that they're going to bring into the car lot, just as the salespeople, some of them have decided to take off that day. And that is what I've seen in real estate over and over the cycles. Whenever we think this is the way it's going to be for a long time to come, Right about that point, something changes. And in this case, I think interest rates are about to go up and they are going up. And also I've talked to many, many of my clients and they're signing up at senior communities. So I think we're going to start to see uh, a flow of properties coming on the market. So with the interest rates going up and also with the uh, availability of senior communities having vacancy and things like that, you're saying that that might be the new shipment of cars needed uh, that everyone is so eager to uh, to buy and get their hands on. Is that right? I really think that is the case. I think um, from the conversations I've had with my senior clients, um, many were waiting to get vaccinated. And, and now I would say over half of them are maybe more than that. And I mean, it's natural to think, well, I'll get my vaccine shot and then let's uh, think about moving. So um, I think what we're going to see is that our normal spring market is going to be closer to the fall. 
Well, speaking of senior communities, I am really excited for our guest today. She has over three decades of experience working in senior living communities. She's the founding member of the Wisconsin Assisted Living Association. She's on the board for American Red Cross. She's the executive vice president of the Laureate Group, which has been around for over 50 years and runs eight senior living communities in the southeastern Wisconsin area. Whew, that's a lot of qualifications there, but she is Beth Anderson. Welcome, Beth. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really great to be here. I just want to be clear that I started all this when I was six. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so, um, so Beth, clearly, I mean, starting things when you were six years old, you clearly have a lot of experience and qualifications in the senior living community. Uh, I always love to find out a little bit about the inspiration behind people like yourself who've accomplished so much in a particular field. So, uh, so Beth, what do you love most about working in the senior living community? Well, it's, of course, the connections I make to the older adults who live here um, and those I've met over the years in the community. You know, I was raised by older parents, and so I'm very comfortable relating to older people. I really understand their views. Um, I understand how they live their life because it was a lot how I was raised. And so whether that means I can appreciate that, you know, in my entire life, my Mother was only not home when I came home from school twice. You know, we had dinner at five o'clock to the stories resident shares still share with me about um, books that they read that we exchange titles of to wondering what in the world is going on um, outside in this crazy world we live in. They are people I relate to and appreciate their life experiences. I can only imagine the amount of great stories that you must have heard over the 30 years of experience, obviously starting when you were six, so many stories. Uh, so that that all equates to a lot of experience, I would imagine. But I know those that don't have the same type of experience as you hear senior living community and they hear nursing homes and they attach a certain stigma to that. Uh, I was wondering if you could take a quick moment to maybe educate those listeners and tell them how these senior living communities differ from nursing homes and maybe also a little bit about how senior living communities have changed over the last 50 years. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. You know, most people don't realize that about 50 years ago, you know, the nursing home was the safety net for people who never recovered from the Great War and that people actually lived in nursing homes for years um, because they couldn't support themselves as a place to really have their permanent disabilities attended to. But all that has really changed. Um, you know, even when I started 30 years ago, um, people were still living in nursing homes, but only for several years. You know, the average mm -hmm. length of stay was only about two years, even 30 years ago. And, you know, what we've really seen is the development of actual housing. Um, older people these days that are looking for a place to live, um, their medical conditions are not their primary reason that they're looking to make a move in most cases. And so that's what the nursing home was, is it was a place where people couldn't live on their own at all. And that's where they lived. And that, of course, is just not the case anymore. And people are looking for a lifestyle. They're looking for amenities in, in the place that they live that meet their current um, wants and desires and needs. And healthcare is looked at as a secondary reason, oftentimes, why people are coming. It's no longer the primary driver. Beth, you know, when I go into homes and speak to, to folks thinking about moving to senior communities, 
you know, at first they kind of had that had to have that idea that Chris was talking about that, geez, you know, I'm going to go to a place where I'm not going to be able to have the freedoms that I have at home, et cetera. And then I'll see them after they start touring the communities and they are absolutely blown away by the lifestyle that's offered that they can move around freely. There's coffee shops, um, there's all kinds of activities going on, exercise classes. And they'll call me back and say, uh, Bruce, I signed up. I mean, they went from, there's no way I'm moving out of my house to one of those places to, oh my God, I was so impressed that uh, I signed the dotted line. That's right. I mean, people are surprised every day that they can um, bring their dog or that they, um, their children from out of state can come and stay overnight in their apartment. Um, they still are oriented to thinking that this is really a medically oriented product when in fact it's a real estate choice. That's, those are really, really good points. And before when we were talking, Beth, it was really interesting to me to find out about the different types of senior living communities. You mentioned there was two main types of senior living communities, those that were going to have more uh, amenities and services and, and those that would have more uh, real estate involved. So now that we've squashed the rumors that this is just a, a medical-based living situation, that this is actually something for enhancing lifestyle, uh, would you care to uh, get into a little bit about the two major types of senior living communities uh, that you work with? Sure. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, just like when you look at a house, when you've seen one house, you've seen one house, right? Um, they're not all the same. And retirement communities and senior housing isn't any different. But to your point, there really are two different, two primary categories. And one of those are what I call um, senior apartments um, without services. Primarily, the reason people are there was to downsize from a home that was much larger. The kids obviously have gone away or they're empty nesters. Um, and they're looking for a different kind of real estate that meets their um, needs. And so they're not really looking for services at all. They're looking for larger apartments. They're looking for um, perhaps a community building that they might share with others. Maybe they're looking for tennis courts or other of those uh, amenities that are typically in major apartment complexes, but without the children. The other kind really are uh, senior communities where um, services is the primary driver of the opportunity. And so historically, um, that real, the real estate involved in those is a little bit smaller because what the provider has done is really develop a very robust service support system. So there are dining programs and sometimes more than one dining type of choice, uh, a whole department full of people whose job it is is to um, provide lifestyle opportunities and things to do and places to go. They're providing transportation. And oftentimes they also have a opportunity to uh, support your health when your health changes. And so really what it is, is that's a employee and people dominated service offering, um, whereas senior apartments without services is primarily real estate dominated. That is really good to know that there are so many different options out there, um, whether it's just, you know, uh, downsizing from a bigger home where you used to have, uh, you know, kids running around and maybe you want to get something a little smaller. You know, like you said, there's you know, things like tennis courts, things like that. This is not the idea that I had initially when I was thinking about senior living communities. So I, I really do appreciate the insight on this. 
Now, Beth, something Bruce and I had spoken a great deal about is the effect of the pandemic on the entire downsizing and the moving process. So I I have to ask you, Beth, how have you seen the pandemic affect senior living communities over the past year from your vantage point? So the pandemic impacted senior housing in a a very um, demographic way. And what I mean by that is what we saw, um, most retirement communities have a 30% discharge rate a year. Um, It's just simply math and um, people age and and that's what happens. Um, And so what we saw was a slightly elevated discharge rate as a result of the pandemic. And we saw a significant reduction, like a 65% reduction in the number of people who moved in. And so what we have now in senior housing is a um, a beautiful inventory. If this, if you are looking at retirement communities for the first time, um, you have many options in terms of size of apartments, uh, what direction they face, whether you want to be on the second floor facing south. Um, you know, in virtually all of the the retirement communities that we see in our geographic area, um, we have more inventory at the moment than we've seen in years. You know, Beth, I have to say, um, coupled with that you know, I'm always looking at everything from the housing side and I'm helping people transition into communities like yours. And I talked about earlier the extreme shortage of inventory, but what that means is sellers right now are kind of king and queen. They can pretty much uh, ask a price. In fact, the last uh, few listings we've had, uh, the record now we had 92 offers on one house, 92. And that was in a matter of 24 hours. So sellers right now can pretty much demand their own terms and timing the whole thing is so easy because as you said, Beth, one of the things uh, creating this shortage of inventory is that people want to sell their home, but where are they going to go? What are they going to buy? They can't buy anything. Well, guess what? If they're going to a senior community, they're getting the best of both worlds because the senior communities have, you know, openings right now. And I say right now, because I've been through this before. And just when you think you're going to just take your time and, you know, wander over there and you're going to have the cream of the crop to pick out of all of a sudden you're told there's a waiting list. So you get the best of both worlds by getting absolute top dollar more than your house is probably even worth. And then you get to go and have such a, a wide assortment to choose from. So I don't think you can get any better than that for somebody thinking of moving. I agree with you. So this is quite the golden opportunity then it would seem for, for those that are far looking to sell. There's never going to be a better time. And Beth, you were saying there's never been more you know vacancy and options for going into these various types of senior communities, which can be anything from just you know, a smaller piece of real estate or something with, you know, additional amenities, services, things like that. So this is uh, quite the, everything's lining up if you're in this situation. Uh, it's, it's, it's really a, a very unique and, and I frankly, uh, advantageous time to be looking at something like this. I would absolutely agree. But what I want to be certain people understand is, although we've talked about that every senior housing property is different, just like a home. So are many of the operators. And so although retirement communities are not the same, 
um, they really aren't the same and you do have to make a good decision and you have to be careful in terms of um, the provider that you're looking at uh, to actually fulfill the obligations they've promised in this lifestyle and dining component of servicing offerings. So that's that's a good point you bring up. So if I'm in the market, uh, if I'm if I if I'm help if I'm helping mom or dad or a family member uh, look at senior communities. I mean, you've been in the industry for a really long time, so you're a really great person to ask this. Uh, you're a really great person to ask this question to. What should I be looking for in in my in my senior living community? What what should I be looking for? Really understanding what's important to you is where I want people to start. And so that they've sort of identified in their own mind what they're, what's really important because the what they will see is a tad overwhelming. But people tend to look at the real estate first. And although real estate is very important, uh, the reality is, is that experience of the provider is what matters the most. And what you're looking for is a track record um, among a provider in the neighborhood that you're looking for and trying to figure out what is the tenure of the staff that's been there. Do they have the support system in place um, related to staff and other services so that in essence, when when something isn't going quite right, can they count on um, uh, the corporate support of people behind them that are in town? Um, and so the experience of the provider is, is still the really the most important driver, in my opinion, of where you should start. There are lots of good providers in every town, but people who've been open for five minutes is probably not where you want to be, even though their real estate is the most um, sparkling. So Beth, I guess what you're saying then is that you do really want to look for experience. When I'm, when I'm looking at finding a senior community, um, you know, and this makes perfect sense. I think we do this with all things in our lives. We want to find a provider that is experienced, that has done this before, that this isn't their first, this isn't their first rodeo because, you know, we don't want, especially when it comes to uh, people that we love and care about and want the absolute best for, we don't want to take risks like that and just, you know, just chance it on something that's brand new and looks shiny. We want to really do our due diligence. So I think you make a great point with that. Now with talking again about the the pandemic, I know there's a lot more people that are becoming vaccinated every single day. uh, And this is having a, I would imagine, very positive effect on the senior living communities as far as, you know, visitation with family and and, and things of that nature. Um, What's been going on there? What have you seen on the uh, on the front line as far as visitations and uh, that kind of social interaction as it relates to people getting vaccinated in senior living communities? Well, we're so pleased that there was a movement to make sure that people who live in retirement communities were ones of the first that were able to be vaccinated. And very recently, the CDC has concluded that if the infection rate in your county is less than 10%, And if the vaccination rate among the people who live in the facility is greater than 70%, then you can be open for visitation in people's apartments. What some people didn't really understand is that everyone who lived in a retirement community always had the opportunity to come and go, you know, freely. The real question is when the grocery stores closed and the movie theaters closed, where are you going? Right. And so a lot of our people would have gone to church, would have gone to the grocery store. Some of the places that they typically would go uh, weren't open. 
and so as a result, they were home alone without having um, able to have visitors. Now what we'll see is that people can be back to having visitors in their apartment, which will make them very happy. You know, this pandemic was a once in a hundred year phenomena. We've learned an awful lot about infection control. And although there are always going to be precautions that are in place as a result, just like flying on an airplane has never been the same after 9-11, the kinds of infection control that will be in place in a retirement community will far outlive the end of this pandemic. Well, and that's interesting too, when we talk about the future, I know anyone watching any cable news, you can't watch that little bottom news ticker without seeing the word variant. You know, everyone's, we're, we're, we're concerned about this. We're keeping an eye on this. One thing that I would imagine is definitely a concern for many is if I go into a senior living community, what if there is another uptick? What if these variants play a, another significant role uh, in, in lengthening this pandemic? What how could that potentially affect me? And should I let that, uh, you know, should I let that inform whether or not I make this move? What What would you say to those people? I would tell you that um, as an older person staying in your own house all alone is a lonely venture and that you've been, their isolation in their own home with their television is um, not a good thing. And it, that's actually, you know, very well proven in study after study what isolation does to older people. So when you move to a retirement community, if in the rare instance that we see that this happens again in the future, you have friends that live there, you have met other people, there are still things to do inside the retirement community. And so there's still plenty going on inside, even though it's not to the level that it is when we're post pandemic. Uh, But the reality is you've made friends, you have friends that live there, and you have still have things to do, even if, in fact, um, our movement into the outside world is minimal. So that's a great point, too, that, you know, that if you're in that community, you do have others that are also in that bubble in that community with you, as opposed to, you know, older adults, younger adults, everyone, so much of us just spent so much time isolated and in front of a TV. And I don't think it was good for any of us having that option to to have other people in your bubble. And again, also, we're keeping an eye on it. But with more and more people being vaccinated, I mean, I do think that we're on the upswing. But even in the worst case scenario, I think that that does just provide a lot more, um, you know, connection for for someone in, in that situation. So Chris, my mother is 95 years old on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Wow. And we're so excited to be able to celebrate that. She's uh, very lucid. She's doing well, lives at a senior community, which I think has played a great role in her health, being so, so positive. And my daughter and I are going there uh, in a couple days. And my daughter bought my mother a bear that when you squeeze the hand of the bear, it plays all my mother's favorite tunes from the 1940s. Uh, So uh, we're really excited about going to see my mother in the next few days. And with the, you know, visitation rules being kind of loosened up a little bit and finally gives you the opportunity to do that. That's wonderful. I actually have got to get one of those bears for my son, except I'm going to get the one that when you squeeze the fingers, it plays different gangster rap songs. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Again, that's another story that's very common is people, you know, families are finally with the, you know, with the increase in vaccinations and things like that. So many families are finally able to connect again 
And, you know, and, and I think that's just, that's a beautiful thing and something that was so sorely missed in 2020. So, Beth, earlier, you mentioned how certain senior communities will offer a lot of amenities or services, uh, and and I was really interested to learn about some of these services uh, that are offered. You know, there's, of course, dining, you mentioned, but there's, there's other ones as well. Um, so would you mind going into what some of those services and amenities are that are offered at the senior communities? So a company that does really a fine job uh, generating lifestyle, you'll find some things that are out of the ordinary. Everybody thinks we play bingo every day. And of course, that would be the stereotype. And, um, you know, bingo's fine once in a while, but there is more to life than, than bingo and Jeopardy. And one of those things that we're working on for 2021 is we are exploring Route 66. Um, Route 66 is also known as the Will, the Will Rogers Highway. Oh, okay. Um, it was one of the original highway systems before the interstate, uh, before Eisenhower actually uh, commissioned the interstate. And, and I'll it, just and I'll just interrupt. That is apparently also where you get your kicks. Is that, that correct? That's right. That's exactly. You get your okay. kicks on Route 66. That's exactly where the song comes from. Perfect. Um, and so uh, for those people who aren't that familiar, Route 66 is a highway that starts in Chicago um, and it runs through Missouri, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and ends up in California. And if you think about um, how life used to be when the automobile was still pretty new, is when people started getting cars, when they went on vacation, the journey was the vacation, not the mm -hmm. destination. And so Route 66 has lots of historical points that go along the highway, uh, has specialty restaurants, um, you know, it's probably sort of the Wisconsin Dells of, uh, of, you know, highways in terms of what you saw going along. And so we're building that into our lifestyle program. So what does that mean? Uh, it means we had Chicago style hot dogs a couple of weeks ago because we're starting in Chicago and we track our steps. So all kinds of people have fancy watches that tell you how far we walked. And so as an individual, you have a passport and you can have your passport stamped when you've walked enough miles and put in enough steps to get you to the next town. Um, we have uh, music and entertainers from that part of the country. Wow. Um, not that come in, but I mean, you know, that are part of the program and sure. have dining options that match. And so we will over the course of 2021, uh, make our way from Chicago to California. That sounds so fun. And as someone that actually, I'm, I'm a step counter myself. I've got one of those watches and it, it actually rules my life sometimes, but that's, that's, that's so fun. And uh, the, just to incorporate all the different themes and the food. And I would imagine that's another thing that prompts a lot of stories from those that are, you know, that, that have actually spent that time doing road trips with families. And that just sounds so, so neat. You'd be surprised at how many people still have uh, propaganda that they bought, keychains, and they don't have any t-shirts left, but you may, um, uh, we have all kinds of people who have a knickknack that had been bought on their own trip and their family's trip, pictures of their family when they had gone on vacation. Wow. So we encourage people, of course, to share all those things, those memories, those stories, those photos. Um, and, you know, you learn a lot and you have a lot of fun. 
Wow. That sounds awesome. And that's just, again, uh, something I had no idea about, you know, as far as the level of services and stuff that are uh, available at some of these communities. I was going in just with such a different opinion and uh, just learning the extent and the, the cool activities and the cool events that are going on there. So Beth, before we close up though, I wanted to ask you, where do you see the future of senior living communities heading? You know, there's no question that the demographics don't lie. And we know that, you know, the numbers of people are, are growing in those older segments. And yet we also know that chronological age is so misleading. Um, if you're a basketball fan at all, you saw Sister Jean, who is 101 from Loyola University, yes. um, attending the basketball game. Uh, and so we, we see people, at, you know, 80, 90, 100, uh, who are really quite interested in, in things that are going on today and really participate in, in the world. And that's really going to drive what retirement communities are all about. There's lots of speculation about um, some of the, uh, the venues that retirement communities might take. And what I mean by that is this story, I think, really puts it in perspective. Before the baby boomers uh, became soda drinkers, there was only one variety of Coke. There was Coca-Cola and that was it. Um, and the baby boomer, the segment of the market is so big that Diet Coke, Caffeine Coke, Cherry Vanilla Coke, all of, there's Coke, so there's, so many Cokes nowadays. Right, so many because the segment is allowed to be large enough to to be as big as the original Coke brand was, and that's what the baby boomers have done to every product line that they have entered, and they will do mm -hmm. the same for senior housing. So there is a lot of speculation that you know. You know, will will if you went to Notre Dame, will there be a retirement community for Notre Dame alums, and will there be a, a retirement community for Shakespeare readers? And you know, will the market really segment into interests? And will former Olympians all have a place where their pool is different than somebody else's pool? And so there's a lot of speculation that there will be specialization uh, for people's interests in terms of where they um, where they may be located or uh, the kinds of service offerings that will be available. And they, right now, retirement communities are frankly pretty vanilla. We've been, we've learned a lot over the last 30 years, but the kinds of things, they're, they're not specialized. And so the, the thinking is, is that senior communities will be much more specialized as the boomer segment um, enters the marketplace. And I can only imagine, too, uh, how technology might play a role in that, too. You know, I mean, as far as what we have available to us, what we can do, and also having, you know, that boomer generation, which they're, they're, they've used it before. They are not, it's, it is not a foreign thing to them, how that could impact um, the what's available, what's, what's possible, even. I mean, it, it seems like the possibilities could be endless. That's right. Also, Beth, you know, from my standpoint, uh, when I visit folks in their home and I'm starting to see more and more baby boomers who are starting to feel like, you know, the kids are gone. Maybe it's time to move on. And they're either thinking about a condo or senior community. And, and one of the main features that they seem to all want is have everything on one level mm -hmm. so they don't have to be walking stairs or anything like that. And I uh, believe from what I'm seeing, their bodies are starting to break down. 
Uh, I'm seeing people, you know, my age and I'm a boomer that are already in, in walkers. So as you said, uh, some are so healthy and then some, um, for whatever reason, genetically or whatever, uh, really having a hard time physically. So I think we may be seeing uh, the boomer generation moving forward just a little quicker than we may have thought. Yeah, there is some some speculation about that, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll does catch up to you. <laughs> and uh, so it's going to catch up to a, um, it's caught up to a few. Um, and there's a, some other question about, you know, boomers have, whether or not they've saved enough money to um, to choose the kinds of options that, that the marketplace will provide them or whether or not they've, um, whether or not they've spent it or they've saved it is another great speculation that we're going to discover. Well, speaking of rock and roll, uh, I've been in a band myself and uh, we play classic rock. It's a lot of fun, except as I'm talking to you right now, my ears are ringing. Yeah, Bruce, I've I've seen your band many, many times. You guys do a great job. You play a really mean uh, lead guitar and uh, you're singing. Uh, you guys are great. Well, you know, Chris, um, you were in our band when we started and then I, I could see that you were a little bored because... Uh, our music is classic rock, which was the 60s, and I think yours is maybe the 90s. Yeah, but I love some of that the classic rock. I mean, some of that really is uh, is timeless. I mean, the yeah, but wait, and... wait, Chris, yeah. I remember one time we were playing and you actually fell asleep in the middle of the song. <laughs> well, that that is true. I was. It was a slower number. It's okay, you know. But so that's a little plug for Bruce's band, The Love and Kind. Check them out when the uh, post-pandemic world starts to get into full swing. I'm sure you guys will. Uh, you guys have any plans to play? Well, because of the pandemic, uh, I have to say I really feel for uh, musicians across the world because this is their livelihood, and sure. they have not been able to play out for over a year. Uh, which is really sad because that's their love. And, and I know so many musicians that right now have gone to teaching and, and all kinds of other things. Some are working at Walmart, you know, just to, to get by until they can start playing gigs again, which uh, it looks like uh, probably I think this fall will hopefully open up again. Now, I got to ask you, Beth, uh, are you a classic rock fan at all? Well, sure. Now, have you ever gotten out and seen The Love and Kind? I have, but it's been a long time ago. When okay. They played in Thienesville. I'm sure I was there once. And and did you enjoy yourself? Did you, did you get, get out on the dance floor? I remember it was a beautiful summer day. was outside. was a lot of fun. They do a really great job, Bruce. I remember when you were just learning how to play lead guitar. Uh, he went from, you know, knowing like a C and a G chord to all of a sudden, literally overnight, the guy's playing like Santana solos. It was amazing. Well, so, it wasn't uh, it wasn't overnight. I was practicing for <laughs> two hours a night for about seven months in a row and almost uh, was divorced. <laughs> it wasn't that easy. Well, but it was the end result is very impressive. And again, just final final plug there. Uh, if anyone has a chance to see the love and kind, they uh, they are great. Um, uh, so I want to thank uh, I want to thank you, Beth, for joining us today. Um, before we wrap up, Beth, where can people uh, find find you? Find more out about the Laureate Group. Um, where can they do that? Well, of course, online these days you'll find us at www.laureategroup.com. Laureate as in the poet laureate, L-A-U-R-E-A-T-E. 
group.com. Uh, there's lots of resources out there um, for older adults and how to talk to your family members about moving, lots of resources out there um, in addition to information about the locations. Great. Well, thank you so much again. I, I know I learned a lot about senior living communities talking to you, and I'm sure that all those out there listening did as well. And Bruce, as always, uh, I got to ask you, where can folks find more out about what you have going on, your books, any of that stuff? Where can folks find you? Uh, you can go to brucesteam.com. And on my website, we have not only my books, if you're interested in those, but uh, I write for a local newspaper. It's a senior newspaper, and uh, I have about 200 articles covering just about every subject. So you can, you know, go in there, uh, ask questions, whatever it is, and we'll sure get back to you. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you again, Beth. Thank you again, Bruce. And thanks to all of you out there for listening. Of course, we would love if you could subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any great future episodes. Hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss them. And uh, of course, you can find us at Bruce's website as well. He just mentioned, but I'll mention it again. It is www.brucesteam.com. Of course, you can also find the Moving in the Right Direction podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and join us next week as we will keep you moving in the right direction. See you then.